Hello, I'm Tony Payne. Welcome to another edition of The Painful Truth, where we try to bring the truth of Christ crucified to bear on every aspect of our lives and ministries as his people. And this is one of the free public editions of The Painful Truth that goes out to everybody. And it's been a little while since I've sent out one of these, what with holidays and a trip to the US and other things that have gotten in the way. So I'm glad to be with you again and to talk this week about the question of belonging and community. Because we all want to belong, we all want to feel like somebody loves us, like we're part of something. And in particular, we want our church communities to be places where we feel like we belong and where new people join and feel like they belong where there's a sense of mutual dependence and love, where there's a genuine experience of what we call Christian community. Now, who doesn't want that for themselves and for everyone in our congregations? Well, perhaps there are times when I don't want that, when I wish that everyone on the planet would just leave me alone. But let's not get into my issues. Let's talk about community and how we could pursue or promote this kind of community in our churches particularly. And the contribution I want to make to this subject in today's episode is to pause and think about what we mean by these common words that we use, what the concepts of belonging and member or membership and community really mean. Now, like me, you probably have a range of different things that you belong to, or different memberships. There are overlapping families that I belong to, an immediate family, an extended family on my side, on Ali's side. I belong to the Christian communities at St. Paul's Carlingford and over at Campus Bible Study at the University of New South Wales. I think I'd also say that some part of my heart will always belong to Matthias Media and the team that still pursues that vision. I'm a member of Concord Golf Club. I'm a member of the Qantas Frequent Flyer Program, one of them of far more importance than the other. And I guess I'd say I'm also part of the little community that's here in my street in West Ryde. And I guess I'm part of the broader communities of Sydney and New South Wales and Australia. In that last little paragraph and list of things that I belong to, I use the words belong and member and community pretty much interchangeably. And that's what we do in everyday speech. But these three words represent three concepts and they're each subtly different from one another. They describe the same kind of thing, which is why we use them interchangeably, but they do so from different angles, using different metaphors. And it's worth teasing out the nuances of their difference, even if only briefly in the next little while. Let's think about what it means to be a member of something. To be a member is to be part of a body. That's where the word and concept of member comes from. It comes from the Latin word, I think it's membre, meaning limb. To be a member is to be an arm or a nose or a spleen that derives its identity and function from the interconnected body, the interconnected organism of which it's part. And so as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, being baptised into Christ means becoming one of his body parts. And that should put an end, he says, to all arrogance and division and jealousy and selfishness in general. Because you make no sense as a Christian, and you're of no use as a member of Christ's body, unless you realise that you're part of an interconnected whole, with Christ as the head. Being a member is about seeking the well-being and benefit 
of the whole body, of all the other parts of the body, according to the direction and rule of the head of the body, who is Christ. The body of Christ strengthens and builds itself, says Paul in Ephesians 4, as all the individual parts, even down to the ligaments and connections of the body, as they all do their work of speaking the truth of Christ to one another in love. So that's being a member. It's being part of a body. What about community? Well, a community is a group of people who love or share in or participate in a common object or person that unites them. A community is not a body like an organic whole where we're all part of one thing. A community is a group of people who share something, who have a third thing outside themselves that they all believe in or have fellowship in or are partners in in some way. As Oliver O'Donovan puts it, a community has a common object of love. He gets this, by the way, from Augustine, who distinguished the city of God and the earthly city by their different loves, by their different objects of love. Now, as Christians, our fellowship or communion is with God through Jesus Christ, as John says in 1 John 1. Because we know him, because we know Christ and love Christ and have Christ in common, we're a community or fellowship of Christ. This means that whatever else we might share, we might share a common language or demographics or interests, or even just share a common desire for friendship and mutuality. Christian community or fellowship is not about any of these things. It's fellowship in Jesus Christ. Incidentally, fellowship, communion, community, these are much the same kind of concept. The word koinonia in the New Testament, which is often translated fellowship or partnership, could probably be just as well translated as communion. It describes a group of people who have something in common that unites them. And Jesus is what we have in common. And through him, we love and build up one another. And so to build our community, therefore, we need to meet each other, encounter each other, relate to each other, through Jesus more and more and more deeply. That is, through his word, which is how he's present with us. That's community. It's to share something in common. What about the word belonging or the concept of belonging? Well, it's a slightly different idea again. To belong to something means that we fit there, most often because some person or organisation has a claim on us. My iPhone belongs in my pocket because I own it. It's mine. Although it's often not in my pocket, of course. I usually leave it absentmindedly on the kitchen counter and on silent, so good luck trying to get through to me most of the time. In saying that I belong to a family, I mean that I have responsibilities and ties of blood and affection that bind me to that group of people. It's not just that they are mine, I am theirs. I can't ever stop belonging to them. I belong to something because I am of it. I am of my family. I come from there. They're my source, my origin, my masters, my place. Belonging to something is defined not by me, but by that other person or group who identifies me and claims me as theirs. 
We see this in our English Bibles where they speak of us belonging to God or belonging to Jesus Christ. There isn't actually a word belong in the Greek text in those instances. Instead, there's a kind of relation that's set up in the grammar of the sentence where we are of God or from God or unto God or Christ. For example, here are two verses that are often translated with the word belong in them, rendered a bit more literally. In Galatians 5.24, Paul says, Those who are of Jesus Christ, that is, belong to Jesus Christ, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Or in Romans 14.8, For if we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are of the Lord. We belong to the Lord. We're his. We belong to God in Christ because he claims us as our creator and as our redeemer. We are his people. We're the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. I can't really choose to belong to God any more than my iPhone can choose to belong to me. I just do belong to him because I am his. Now, I'm not sure if the New Testament ever says that we belong to each other as Christians. We're certainly members of one another. We've already seen that in 1 Corinthians 12, in Romans 12.25, in Ephesians 4.25. We are members of one another. And we are certainly in community or communion or fellowship with one another because we have one common object that we share in, one person that we love, Jesus Christ. But do we belong to each other? Perhaps it's better to say that we belong to Jesus Christ and therefore we belong with each other. We belong with each other in that space where Jesus keeps his belongings, that is, in the congregation of people that he purchased for himself with his own blood, as Acts 20, 28 says. And so we have these three different metaphors, being a member, being in community, belonging, and in each one of them we should notice God is the initiator of it all by his grace through the gospel. It's God who grafts us into Christ to be a member of his body. And it's God who calls us into fellowship and communion or community with himself through Jesus Christ and so thus with each other. And it's God who claims us as his own and so gives us a place where we profoundly belong because we belong to him. In each case, then, it's something that we receive that we gratefully receive and we participate in with joy and in faith. We need to recognise that these realities we're talking about, belonging, membership, community, they can't be manufactured or massaged into existence through some technique or initiative or program because belonging and membership and community are spiritual joys, spiritual realities created by God only through his Son, Jesus Christ, and by his Spirit. But we should say, all the same, that God's action incorporates our action. His initiative draws our action into it. And so as we preach the gospel, and as the Spirit calls forth our response to that gospel, we become members of Christ, and we join his community, and we belong to him. As we hear the gospel and as the Spirit works, we leave behind our old master in the dominion of darkness and begin a new life belonging to the Lord, being part of his kingdom. 
to use the membership image, we repent of the selfishness and the independence that used to shut us off from other people and divide us from others. And we now become joyful members of a new body in Christ, where we're profoundly united with other people, even though we're different. And in terms of community, we get rid of, we blaspheme and reject the false gods and the false powers that we used to unite around and love. And now we share instead in our love for the Christ who first loved us. Well, what does all this mean for our experience of belonging and of membership and of community in our congregations? If these are things that God creates by the gospel, what can we do to participate in it, to experience it, and to help others experience and grow in these things as well? Well, first, there are some things we can do as a congregation, as a community, as a fellowship. Well, first of all, we can clearly and regularly teach and urge one another, as the apostles do, to grasp these realities and live them out, to teach one another through sermons and other congregational teaching what it means to belong together, what it means to have Jesus as the one who unites us in community, what it means to be members of one another and what that looks like in our daily lives in terms of serving and looking out for each other. We can also follow Paul's advice in 1 Corinthians 12 and honour all parts of the body, not just the strongest or the most spectacular. We should keep celebrating and honouring the weakest members because all are needed and all are valuable in the body that God has put together in Christ because that's how God has composed and ordered the body. And this also means teaching and training and helping every member to become active in making their own particular contribution to the growth of the body. And thirdly, I suppose, as a congregation, we can create the optimum number and variety of contexts or opportunities where people can be together as those who share and belong to and are members together of Jesus Christ. And there may be different places or contexts for this to happen, large ones like church on Sunday, and medium and small and interpersonal contexts where we can build each other as members according to the different parts of the body we are, or where we can meet around Jesus Christ as the one who is between us and who unites us together as a fellowship, as a partnership, and speak his word to each other. In all these different ways, as a congregation, and I guess this is something for the leaders of the congregation to particularly consider, we can build the community, we can build the membership of one another, we can understand better what it means to belong together to Jesus Christ. But there are also things that we can do ourselves as individuals. Individuals who want to contribute to this community or this fellowship or this membership and who want to experience it more for ourselves. And so if we're one of those people who don't really feel we belong in this place or that we're part of this community or that we feel our experience of being a member of this body isn't what it should be, what can we each do in response? Well, to start with, we should make sure we keep turning up to those places, those contexts, where the people who belong to Jesus get together. We should take every opportunity, whether it's a large or a medium or a small-sized opportunity, whether it's formal or informal, to love other people through Jesus Christ to meet them through Jesus Christ, to serve them, speak to them, encourage them, 
Suffer with them. Comfort them. Rejoice with them. Pray for them. Practically care for them. This is what it means to be a fellowship of Jesus Christ. And this is what it is like to experience that community. It's to share a love of him with other people and to love those other people through him and by his word. There's no other way to experience the community that Jesus puts together and builds. And likewise, we should take every opportunity open to us to make our particular contribution to the body, whether we might be an arm or a nose or even a spleen. In other words, if we feel a lack of community or membership or belonging in ourselves, perhaps as someone who is new or just feels on the outer at church, there are certainly things that the congregation as a whole can do, that the leaders of the congregation can initiate in order to facilitate our inclusion, our membership of the body. But it will also unavoidably depend on how we ourselves respond and keep in step with the Spirit's work within us. Because we can only experience what it is like really to be a member of a body when we're active as contributing parts of that body. We can only experience the community of Christ when we put into practice the only thing that truly matters in our fellowship, which is Jesus himself, faith in Jesus Christ that is active in love for him and for others. Well, there are some thoughts about belonging and membership and community. I've been thinking a lot about this in various ways over the last few months for various reasons in connection with thinking about congregations and what it means to be a congregation of Christ's people. And also in thinking about membership and what it means to be a member of a church. Very often when we think about membership, the issues that we immediately discuss have to do with the structure of membership, the formal processes of what it means to be a member, what rights or responsibilities members have in the governance of the church, for example. These are the issues that Christians have argued about for ages. And they're not insignificant and we need to discuss them. But it seems to me that the very strong emphasis of the New Testament around membership and community has to do with the theological reality of us belonging to Jesus Christ, of being united together in him and therefore being united with each other in him. That That's what it means to be a member that is a limb or a body part of the congregation that we're connected with, that we belong to through Jesus, and that that's the primary reality. And it generates the primary experience of membership and community, which is mutual love and care and edification in him. Well, I hope that's helpful for you and that you'll, of course, get in touch and let me know what you think. As always, you can do that by just dropping me an email at tonyjpain at me.com. Or if you go over to the Painful Truth website, that's the Painful Truth online, the Painful Truth dot online, you can leave a comment there under the post. Well, once again, thanks for being here today and listening to me ramble on on these subjects. It's always a pleasure to be able to do that with you, and I hope that you've found it useful. I'm Tony Payne. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.